Good morning. So as was announced, the leadership here uh, desires to discuss the topic of the Lord's Supper. So the next two Sundays will be um, going through this study of the Lord's Supper as found in the New Testament here. So uh, to begin this morning, turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 22, and we'll read the account of Luke there. As the Lord Jesus Christ institutes his Lord's Supper in Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, and we'll begin reading at verse 14. And it reads, When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Verse 19, it says, And he took bread... And he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took a cup, the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hands of my betrayer is with me. On the table, and we'll pause there. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word this morning. So here we have this scene, this upper room uh, scene, and the Lord here proclaims to His disciples that He fervently desired, He fervently desired to eat this Passover with them. You know, I. I wonder why he said that. For in a couple hours later, there in the Garden of Gethsemane, he would, he would seek some isolation. And he would plead to God the Father that, that if there be any other way, that this cup would pass from him. But here, with fervent desire, he desired to gather with them. I honestly believe the fervent desire was to institute this new memorial feast. To institute this new covenant, which we're going to talk about. And so here the Lord gathered together, there in the upper room, and he held Passover with them. It says he took the cup and he gave thanks, he passed it, each one had his own. And when the Passover was done... The memorial of the Passover was done. Then he instituted a new memorial feast. And before I get to ahead of myself, I, you know, the Lord uses memorial feasts in the scriptures, right? Passover is a perfect example, right? He instituted that back in, in, in Exodus chapter 12, right? Exodus chapter 12, there when the children of Israel were, were in Egypt... And the Lord says, listen, I want, I want you guys to do this. I want you to, to take a lamb on the first month of the year of the Jewish calendar. On the 10th day, I want you to grab a young 
male lamb of the first year. And I want you to bring it inside the house. And I want you to observe it. I want you to watch it. I want you to make sure that it, it, it's without blemish. That there, it, it doesn't have a, a bum leg. That it's not blind. That, that, that there's not something wrong with it. And for three days they're to watch this lamb. In the house. Not, not out in the pasture. But in the house. And on the 14th day of the month. They were to take that lamb. And kill it. And the lamb which the kids saw for three days and played with. And the lamb which probably came and sat next to them. The lamb that probably ate out of, his hand, out of their own hands. They killed. They took that lamb. They took its blood. And they, 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 they painted the side post of the doorway. And the upper post. As a sign. As a symbol. And then they took that lamb. And they roasted it. With fire. And they were to, to, to gather together the whole family. One lamb for an entire house. Right? And they were to gather together. Ready to go. With their, with their belts on. With their shoes on their feet. And eat it standing up. And that night, the angel of death came down. And as he went, and God's holy judgment came upon that land. And he would see the blood of the sacrifice on the door. He would move on. And the Lord commanded the children of Israel to do this in memorial. That the Lord spared the firstborn. Because of the blood of the innocent victim. And there was commanded to them for all their generations to come. To commit to this feast on the, on the first month, on the 14th day. They were to have the Passover lamb. And every single year, the children of Israel, to this day they do this. They gather together and they celebrate the Passover. And they eat lamb. They eat lamb with, with bitter herbs. Right? Just as the Lord commanded them. To remember what the Lord did for them. The Lord uses these things to, to, to cause to memory in the hearts of His people what He has done for them. So memorials are very important in Scripture. They're significant and they're caused for us to recenter ourselves, to refocus ourselves on what the Lord has done for us. That's not the only memorial. I mean, we can go on. I mean, uh, just a couple uh, books away there in Joshua. There, when they were coming into the land and the people, uh, uh, the children of Israel are on the other side of the Jordan River. And the Jordan River was at its flood state, meaning it had overflown its banks. And here is a host of people. That need to get to the other side. And there was no bridge. And the Lord told Joshua. Consecrate the people. Consecrate the people for tomorrow. I'm going to. Cause them to cross the, the Jordan River. And, and as the, the priest holding up the Ark of the Covenant. Would walk. And their feet would touch the edge of that water. The scripture says that the water would stand up and salute. To their creator. And the children of Israel. Would walk across. A dry riverbed. To the other side. 
And the Lord said to Joshua, Joshua, I want you to take 12 young men, 12 young strong men, and I want you to, to go and have them pick up the biggest stone that they can pick up from the bottom of the riverbed. And then I want you to go and make a pile of stones on the other side. Why, Lord? Why, why, why? We already have to get all these people across the river. Why stop to pick up some heavy stones? Well, the Lord says, So when your children are walking by the river, and they see a, a pile of stones, they say, Dad, well, why are those stones there? What is that? You could say, The Lord caused the river to stand, and we crossed on dry ground. So that you can remember, so that you can remember what we've done, what he's done for us. The Lord uses memorials. And here we have the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is different than Passover. And I I brought you to Luke chapter 22 because you see the clear difference The Lord's Supper was not part of Passover. The disciples celebrated the Passover. He gave thanks for the cup. He passed it on to them. They they took their portion. And and, and He says to them, I will not partake of it until the kingdom. This Passover. And then He starts anew. He says, He took a piece of bread. He took a loaf. And He gave thanks. And He broke it. Now, I imagine the Lord had done this many times before the, 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 the disciples. Many times that He had bread, and He gave thanks, and He broke it. He did it before a host of people. But this time it was different. For He said, as He passed the broken bread to His disciples, He says, This is My body. This is My body. Which is given for you. In Mark and in Matthew, it puts it this way This is my body, which is given for the remissions of sins. Now, listen, listen to what he says. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, hold on a second. Lord, you want us to remember you. Well, yes. Yes, I I want you to remember me. Well, Lord, what should we remember you? What aspect? Should we remember your birth? Oh, we should remember your birth. Your birth was a wonderful event. I mean, the the idea that God left the thrones of heaven and would come to this earth and veil himself in flesh and would would come in such humble estate. The wonder of God with us, Emmanuel. What a wonderful thing to remember. In fact, when we remember it, we can have the kids do a play. It would be great, right? No, the Lord doesn't want us necessarily to remember His birth. Lord, what about if we remember your great miracles? All your wonderful deeds. Oh, they're wonderful. 
Could you remember? There at the feeding of the 5,000, there is a host of people listening, hanging on every word. And when he looks upon this crowd, he has compassion over them. And he turns to his disciples and says, do we have any food? We need to feed them. And his disciples in lack of faith. Lord, if we had a year's worth of wages, we couldn't possibly feed all these people. Do we have any food? And a little young man would give up his lunch to our Lord. And he would take these simple loaves and fish and give thanks. And would feed a hungry host. Not only would he feed them spiritually, but he would sustain them physically that day. Lord, can we, can we remember all the great deeds that you've done? No, not, not, not my great deeds. Lord, what about your great teachings? What about your, 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 your wonderful words? Have us, like the high priest in the Old Testament days, would, would, would have the privilege and the honor to recite the blessings of God to his people. Let, let us do something similar like that. Let, let us recite the Beatitudes. Wouldn't that be wonderful? To recite the heart of God to his people. What a wonderful thing that would be. The Lord says no. You see, my, my, my Holy Spirit will remind you of all those things. Then, Lord, what do you want us to remember? I want you to remember that I loved you. And that I died for you. That's what I want you to remember. To come and to remember what it cost to redeem your soul. To remember my death. That's what he wants us to remember. It's a solemn thing to remember what he did for us. This morning we were gathered together to remember what he did. All that he did. And out of all the meanings that I've been to in my life, I tell you, we haven't begun to exhaust the person of our, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Never have I sat there and said, huh, I've heard that before. The Lord asks us to remember His death. And so, practically, how are we to remember Him? How are we to remember Him? And we get to more of the practical aspect of the memorial meeting, of the Lord's Supper. Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse, I believe, 26 says this. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. And so the first thing I want to talk to you about is as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup. You know, the, the, the New Testament is pretty sparse when it comes to details about this meaning. What do I mean by that? Um, 
it doesn't tell us like he did for the Israelites. The Israelites just says, listen, I want you on the first month of the Jewish calendar, on the 14th day, I want you to do this. They didn't give us that. The Lord didn't give us the, the exact time and the exact date. He just said to do this in remembrance of him. So, why do we gather every Sunday morning and remember? Some other meetings don't do that. Some other meetings gather and do it once a quarter. Some do it once a year. Why do we do it the first day of the week? Well, the leadership here follows the example of the New Testament church. In Acts chapter 2, it says this. There, after the church began, after, after Peter preached this great sermon, and so many were baptized, it says that they continued in four things. Let me find the verse so I don't, I don't misquote it to you. It's very important. It's Acts chapter 2, and it's verse... Um, excuse me. I'm sorry. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, they continued steadfastly, now listen, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Right? So from the very beginning, the New Testament church, when it began, there's four principal gathering or meetings. Right? Four reasons to gather together. Right? First is the apostles' doctrine. Well, Apostles' Doctrine is, is the teaching of the Word of God. It, it's, it's what we're gathered to do right now. Second, fellowship. Oh, fellowship is sweet, isn't it, brothers and sisters? Oh, if, if you're in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we got, we're going to gather together for some food in just a little bit, if I don't tarry too long. And we're going to have sweet fellowship with one another. And it says, in the breaking of bread. Now, I, I want you to realize there's a difference between fellowship and the breaking of bread. The memorial meeting. A meeting of remembrance and prayer meeting. And sadly, I will stop and say this. Most churches in the U.S., most churches worldwide, are, are doing great concerning three of these items. They all may have a good Bible teacher. They all gather together and have small groups and, and they have great fellowship with one another. Praise the Lord. And they all have prayer meeting. But sadly, a lot of them have forsaken the breaking of bread. And the importance of it. The importance of it. Now, as often as you do this, now, if you go a couple of verses over in verse 46, it says, So they continued daily with one accord in the temple. And now listen, it says, And breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Here you have an example in the New Testament church in the beginning that they went literally from house to house breaking bread. Remembering the Lord. Now, we don't do that. That, that. that would be a lot. And that necessarily is a bad thing. Now, I'm getting to the point, right? What, why do we do it the first day of the week? Well, if we turn later in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20, we read when the church had grown and had spread and, and, and had uh, more, more of its uh, uh, meetings together. Here in, in, in chapter 20, verse 7, it says this. Now, on the first day of the week, now listen, when the disciples came together to break bread. Break bread, right? Now, I don't want to belabor the point. The reason we gather together 
on the first day of the week to break bread. It's because that's a pattern we see in the book of Acts. It's a pattern that we see in the book of Acts. It, it, it's not a command, right? Uh, it's as often as you do this. You do it to remember the Lord, his death, right? Um, we choose to follow the example in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, to do it the first day of the week, right? Is it wrong for you to do it once a quarter? No, it's not wrong. Right? Is it wrong to do it once a No, as long as you're doing it, right? Praise the Lord, you're obeying the Lord, right? So that's how often we do it and why we do it as often. Now, the uh, second point I want to get to is, why do we do what we do here at Boulevard Bible Chapel? It's a unique meeting, isn't it? If, you, if you've joined us before, you show up at, there at 920. By the way, it starts at 920, not 930. Uh, I know most of us show up at 930, but it starts at 920, right? And the desire of the leadership was this, is that you show up at 920, you get your hymn books, and you sit down. And you spend 10 minutes between you and the Lord. And you gather your thoughts. The things that you've prepared, you, you, you meditate upon. So that when 9.30 comes around, we don't have to sing 45 hymns before we get spiritually alive to, to, to praise the Lord. But the unique thing about this meeting is that you gather together and you walk in. And you sit down. And everybody sing down. There's nobody up here. Nobody comes up and says, okay, this is what we're going to do. And one man would get up, led by the Holy Spirit. Whether he may stand up to, to, to give a prayer, to sing a hymn, or to open the Word of God and expound upon it concerning our Lord Jesus Christ. One by one, they do this. Being led by the Holy Spirit. Now this is what you call the priesthood of all believers. The priesthood of all believers is found in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5 says that you are being, being built up as living stones, a holy priesthood. Right? For what? To offer up spiritual sacrifices. You see, we gather the first day of the week to remember the Lord. And we gather together, all of us, men and women, holy priests unto God, with an offering. Now you say to yourself, well, what, what, what offering are you talking about? What, what do we bring? Well, you bring the worship of your heart. You bring the praise of your heart. Now, mind you, I, I do have to put a caveat on that. The men are to do it vocally. They, they have the responsibility and the duty to, to exercise their priesthood vocally. The women have the privilege to do it silently in their heart. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and, and 1 Timothy. Men... It's not easy. It's not easy to get up. It's not easy to get up and to share before all those people. I, I understand that. I can attest to that. For years, as a young man, our, my elders would come behind me and say, Brother, I would love to hear from you. And, and, and yes, I, I, I had a prayer. I had a thought. I, but man, those eyes... But man, what, what if I say the wrong thing? 
what, what, what if, what if, what if they laugh at me? Listen, brothers, you're not here for the people that are sitting here. You're not sitting here for, for people to look at you. You're here for our Lord. Our Lord is, is here with us. I tell you, it's more great, much greater than that. Not only is our Lord Jesus Christ here in the room with us, but God the Father is here. The angels are watching. They're looking down upon you. And they don't look at your outside. They don't look at your fumbling words. They don't look at your nerves. They look at your heart. I know it's simple to say. I mean, uh, uh, my elders uh, uh, told me when I was young, even if you just get up and ask for a hymn, praise the Lord. We're gathered to remember and to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who loved us and died for us. Now, women, yes, you don't have the privilege of getting up and audibly participating. But I tell you, you have a privilege that men don't. You, out of the sincerity of your heart, can offer worship to the living God. Unencumbered by nerves. Unencumbered by social pressure. It's you and the Lord. One of the greatest acts of worship when the Lord was around was a woman who had sinned much. All she did was go before the Lord and sit at His feet and weep. And with her tears wash His feet. And with her hair, cleanse his feet and kiss them. She didn't have to say a word. But it spoke volumes to those around. Do not neglect your privilege, sisters. Do not neglect your, your privilege. You have a wonderful and beautiful privilege. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, when the men and women are prepared, oh, you can feel it in the meeting, can't you? You can see the Holy Spirit rushing through it. And as one man stands up before, next to the other, and the songs and the prayer all exalt and edify our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and we worship Him together as one. And we have the privilege to do so. Here, every Sunday morning. You know, as a young man, I used to struggle. What, 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 you say I'm supposed to bring spiritual sacrifice as a spiritual offering before the Lord. How, how, what do I do? How do I do that? Well, you know, in John chapter 16, it talks about the Holy Spirit and the Helper. And, and, and this is an exercise for all saints here. It says that, of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, it says, However, when He, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truths. Now remember, if you're a believer here this morning, you have the, the indwelling Holy Spirit of God inside of you. And it says this, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak 
and he will tell you things to come. Now listen, verse 14 is key. It says, he will glorify me. Who's me? Christ. He will glorify Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. He will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. You see, brothers and sisters, as you're going on during the week, and you're hopefully reading your Bible, that Holy Spirit inside of you is going to reveal to you Christ in your word, in His word. What do you bring to the to, to the offering table? You can only do but bring Him, bring Christ. It doesn't have to be an elaborate sermon. It doesn't have to be some well-thought-out, well-planned theological point. It just has to be sincere. It just has to be sincere. I remember a couple of years ago, our brother, Harry Graham, we haven't seen him in quite a while. Lovely brother. Remember he got up on the Lord's Supper. And I, I'm pretty sure he could have shared a lot that morning. All he did was read Isaiah 53. And the way he read it would bring anyone to tears. Because he read with such sincerity. Men, it doesn't have to be much. Yes, some of us pray very eloquently, not me, but some do. The Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart in simplicity. And so when we gather here locally, we gather to remember the Lord and His death until He comes, by the way. It's temporary. I don't want to, I don't want to miss that. It's a very important point. It's temporary. Why is it temporary? Well, we gather together to remember Him. But the day is coming when we're going to gather together, not around emblems, not around a, 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 a loaf and a cup, but around the very person which they represent. Amen. And we will sit face to face with the one who died for us. And there will be no need to remember. For we will stand in his very presence. So we gather together to remember him. Lastly, last point before I close. The Lord's Supper is in the morning. It is here. It's at 9.20. And many would say, you know, oh, man, it's, it's just hard to get up in the morning. Some say, you know, listen, I'm not saying this in judgment. I've been there. I, I have so many kids, and, and man, to get them ready in the morning, getting up, getting them breakfast, putting them in the car. They're, they're just going insane. and I get, It's difficult. I understand it's difficult to get here. But I ask you this question. Do you have a choice in the matter? Do you have a choice in the matter? Now you may say, well, Jamal, we're in the U.S. of A. We have free will here. You absolutely do have free will. But who commanded you to be here? Is it me? Is it the elders? If it is, then, then do whatever you want. It's our Lord Himself. He says, do this in remembrance of me. It's not a choice. He didn't say, you know, if it fits your schedule... Please remember me. He didn't say, you know, when it's convenient, please remember me. He says, do this in remembrance of me. 
I say, I'm not saying this in, in condemnation. I know life can be hard. I know things come up. But saints, it speaks volumes to the Lord when we make it an effort, priority to be here to remember Him. The Father loves when people remember His Son, when they worship His Son. The same way as an earthly father would enjoy when people compliment their children. There's great pride in it. When we gather together around the Lord Jesus Christ, there's great joy to our God the Father. And He commanded us to do it. It's not a choice. It's not optional. But to remember Him. So I leave you with that this morning. There's much more to come next week. I, we want to talk about it. A little teaser, I guess. We haven't really touched the cup. Right? It says, this cup is my blood of the new covenant. Now, I ask you this, and I want you to contemplate. Do you know the terms of the new covenant? What do we mean by that? Well, when, when, when you go, when you go uh, buy a house, you have to get a mortgage, right? And, and when you go to sign the mortgage papers, it's like a, it's just a myriad of papers and a bunch of fine print. And you're trying to read through it. You're trying to see, make sure that you're, you're getting what they said you were going to get, right? You're reading the fine print. So I ask you, the new covenant, have you read the fine print? Do you know what you're, you're, you're agreeing to? I, I, I guarantee you most of, most of us don't. Sadly, that's the, that's the case. So next week, we're going to talk about the new covenant and its terms. Let's, let's go before the Lord. Our Heavenly God and Father, Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, that you loved us and died for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you would visit such wretched and insignificant people, Lord, and that you would redeem us, redeem us and make us sons and daughters of God. Lord, help us to grab what your Bible teaches, to understand what you teach us, and Lord, and to Apply it. Put it to action in our lives, Lord. Let, let these things be a priority in our hearts and our minds, Lord, because it is important to you. It, is, it should be important to us. Lord, I ask all these things in His precious name, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.